Hey guys, welcome back to Talking Some Sense. This is Jake, and I've got my co-host Alex. What's up? And I've got a guest here today. Alex, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, you, you pretty much did, did, did for me, but I'm Alex. Nice to uh, be back. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Too long, man. Too long. How about you, Derek? Hello? All right, we'll move on from that because I think we're having a little technical difficulties again. So, um, as you know, we haven't released a podcast episode in a long time. I think it's been since probably maybe December when we took a, a, a quote-unquote short Christmas break. I had planned to come back in sometime January, but that's been worked out and it just kept um, pushing back and eventually COVID happened. <laughs> So now we're just going to start up right up uh, where we left off. And this is the brand new start of season number two. So today I've got a nice show lined up for you guys. I've got uh, Sense updates where we talk about some things that happened since, since our last podcast. I'm not going to go down from everything that happened, but I'll, we'll talk about a couple things here and there. We'll talk about the draft. Uh, we'll talk about the new uh, rebrands and trades, ideas or trades that happened. Um, some ideas for free agency. And we'll go around the uh, the NHL a bit too. That's more on that later. And we'll introduce our our, our guest whenever he's ready. Yeah, good to go now, guys. Sorry, I was having trouble hearing. All good. All right. So, Derek, introduce yourself. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Derek. I write for Sendshot, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be joining you guys today. Pleasure to have you. Great to have you. Thanks. All right. So let's go right in. Um, first, I'm going to mention our Twitter uh, Twitter handle since I seem to forgot forgot to. My Twitter handle is at Jacob Revere. So it's L-A-R-I-V-I-R-E. Twitter didn't let me use my full last name as my handle, but whatever. And uh, Alex is at Alex Longua15. And then our podcast Twitter is at, at some sense. And Derek's uh, Twitter is at DLee075. And I will also put all these Twitters in the episode description. So if you can't find it, it will be right in the description. So let's go around and send updates. So uh, a little while ago, it was released and announced that uh, Craig Anderson and Bobby Ryan will both not return. Anderson contract is coming up and they're just not restarting him. It's, and Bobby Ryan has been bought out. So what are, you, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'll let, uh, I'll let Derek go first on this one. Yeah, um, I mean, with Craig Anderson, um, you, you have to respect what he's done for the organization. Um, you know, the best goalie, I would say, that the franchise has ever had. Um, he, he's always been a consistent player. Um, and Bobby Ryan, I mean, that was a shocker. Um, I was certainly surprised uh, when, when that news came out. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm kind of happy for Bobby Ryan. I mean... He gets to hit the reset button here and, and potentially play for a contending team. Um, you know, uh, obviously the contract wasn't something that really worked out for the Senators. And to be honest, didn't really work out for Bobby Ryan either. Um, you know, he just had a lot to live up to when you're making that much money. Um, and it, it never really worked out, but I will say uh, my, my best memories of Ryan, aside from, you know, just before he left, what happened in that special moment. Uh, the 2017 playoffs is really where Bobby Ryan stood out the most. 
Um, so, so it was worth it. Um, Bobby Ryan is, is by all accounts, a terrific person, um, as is Craig Anderson. And it's sad to see those two guys move on, but at the same time, uh, this is a new era here and we're kind of turning the page. Yeah, I pretty much uh, agree completely with what you said there. Obviously, both of them are like super class acts. Um, obviously, Craig Anderson, I kind of expected. I think we all seen that, pretty much seen that coming. Right, was kind of on the wall uh, when Hogberg kind of came up, and you know they they pretty much said they were going to ride Nielsen and Hogberg till the end. Um, and then obviously Bobby Ryan came as a shock too. Um, I I didn't think they were going to buy him out. I didn't really think much of it. Obviously, like you said, his contract wasn't necessarily. Like good for both the Sanders and him, but I mean, I, I, you, you pretty much nailed it on the head there, Derek. Like we're just kind of in a new era, kind of flipping the page on everything, kind of you know rebranding with the new. I mean, we'll bring that up later with the new jerseys and new logos and whatnot. So just makes sense to I guess move move on from the old core and kind of start a new one. Yeah, exactly. I agree with, the, with what you say when you said mentioned it's time to move on. And while it sucks as a Sens fan, as a Sens fan having now uh, everybody from the 2017 run completely gone from the roster, it sucks. But I do agree, it's 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 it was hockey wise is the right move to make, but it was a hard move to make. Yeah, I mean that's a, I think that seems to be a that's theme with with that. Dorian. He's he's not afraid to make the tough moves, even though a lot of people don't agree with it. But yeah. he he kind of came he kind of came in yeah. with that 2017 roster, kind of inherited it, and now he's kind of just you know gotten in and kind of building his own roster the way he wants it and kind of yeah. going along with that. So I do have to give Dorian yeah. some props there for you know handling the tough situations and kind of handling the wave that we had the little rocky road we were on for a little bit there. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the yeah, other thing there is, uh, you know, just how much money that <laughs> they're going to have to spend just to get to the cap floor now. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, here. Um, I've got the list over here. Yeah, can... Our cap hit right now is just 38 million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we got, we got some like, what, 22 million to get to the cap floor or something along those lines. Okay. I mean, it's going to be, like, yeah. it's it's be interesting, but it, like, I think, like, I was listening to a, uh, I guess, like the Sense Nation podcast with uh, Sean Simpson and all them, but. Uh, they mentioned, you know, after they, they resign all the RFAs and all that, they should have like ten million to spend in free agency. So I, I feel like that's probably doable, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's fair. I think, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how realistic ten million is a number because uh, I don't remember who are who are. Um, who are oh, we got Declare. I honestly, I know there's Chris. Yeah, I know there's Declare. I think there's Chris Tierney too, right? Yeah. yeah, Nick Paul. Yep. Yeah, but Nick Paul's not gonna make. No, he, he, no, he won't. But Tierney, so. Tierney probably won't either. If I make it around like, I guess it's two to three mil. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two to three mil. I think, I think for Chris Tierney is honestly a uh, sign and trade situation. Eh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just my gut telling me uh, that. It, we do have a Nisimov there too that we sometimes forget about. So I do look at their I lineup. I forgot about Nisimov. And then I kind of wonder where you fit a Chris Tierney in there. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 probably one of the very few, but I'm, I'm a pretty big Chris Tierney fan. I like what he does both like, like playing defensively I'm and offensively. Wrong. Like he's he's I think contribute a lot offensively, but I'm just like you know he's pretty solid face off. He's a great PKer. I think he's he's good, but I agree with. Everything happening, I don't know where this is really a spot for him. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I love him. Don't get me wrong. He'd be, he'd be a great guy to have as a 
third line center on a contending team. But I'm not too sure how he fits in our roster right now because next year our first line center is going to be Colin White. Our second line center is going to be um, um, probably Josh Norris. Our third line center, we don't probably need Simov. Our fourth line center, I'm going to guess Nick Paul. So that doesn't really leave us. I mean, you also got to take into consideration the draft, like coming up. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm and, just I'm just talking about the numbers of right now. Like, do we use uh, Chris Tierney in the wing? Do we use Nisimov on the wing? I think maybe just move Colin White to the wing personally, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I believe Colin played a lot of right wing last year, didn't he? I think they tried it a few times, but. But uh, it is something that's been suggested for sure. I do, I do feel like if, yeah. like you know, like obviously the draft still we, hasn't happened yet, and there's still so many possibilities. But the, where the center sitting, if they get Byfield or Stutzla, you know, like that kind of creates like an elite, like not an elite center, but a plus center that can probably help Colin out on the wing a lot there than more than putting Chris Tierney on the first line. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Chris Tierney in the first line, uh, uh, first line center, and, and have like a situation like a. Uh, Brady Kachuk, Chris Tierney, and uh, Duke Claire or uh, White alternate them from first to second line, see how well they fit, see who fits them best. And then the, then the second line would be X player and uh, X player and the other guy. Yeah, I don't really know if Tierney's a first you know? line K, K caliber, but sure. <laughs> I don't know if Chris Tierney is really a first line caliber player, but. I mean, I, I completely agree with that, but on this team, like, like, We've got young guys, but we need veterans to help to help them adjust the NHL. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I do I do wonder if they still target a top line center or at least a top six center in the trade market. I mean, they have the assets yeah, to do it. So. It's, uh, yeah, they do have <laughs> the assets for sure. Yeah, I have a note here on that. Uh, one second here, a guy, guys, guys, I was a. Uh, I was considering them to uh, to consider free agency. Veteran, veteran wise, I heard some uh, some rumors on Twitter uh, about uh, Kovalchuk signing with the Sens. I don't know how legit that is, but like if we sign Kovalchuk, it'd be a great top six winger option to then trade at the deadline. Yeah, mm-hmm. not both. I'm not both. You know, I'm not both. signing, but I also don't know if Kovalchuk would want to do or like go through a rebuild again. Oh, for sure, for sure, he wants to win a cup. That's why I think if if you if you uh, he approach him and say we'll sign you for the for the beginning of the season, but we will definitely treat you as a contender. It's an, it's an option because with uh, with Ottawa, he can he can uh, he can uh, face the guaranteed top six op- top six spot and then raise his uh, his, uh, his 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 stake, I guess, or his, his value. You know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know who I badly want, guys, is Jesse Pugliarvi. I agree. That's actually a guy I've been I've been thinking of too. I'd love to have Bulliarvi. Like it's a lower risk, high reward type situation. You give him like a third or a fourth round pick. I, I would say they would Edmonton probably be looking for yeah. a second, but we have a lot of seconds to kind of move. So <laughs> yeah, we do. We have four. Seconds. I agree. Bulliarvi would fit perfectly. Seems like a fit. Yeah, it seems like a fit. I mean, Ottawa is rumored yeah. to be dangling, you know, any any of those second round picks. So Bulliarvi yeah. uh, yeah. to me, you know, a really young kid. Um, that could grow with the team. I mean, he still has a lot to prove, right? Exactly. Like he's going to come with the vengeance, be like, "Listen, like I can play in the NHL." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, when it when it comes to players to target, I've got a couple lists. I've got uh, I've got the the, the 
the uh, the vets list where I mentioned Kovalchuk. I've got the younger guys list who have not looked up to the expectation. Low risk, high reward type situations like Paul Yarvey, Michael Dalcold, even Jake Vertanen. But Jake Vertanen has sort of established himself a little bit more as an AHL over the other guys, right? Yeah, just the upside. I mean, the upside factor versus a guy like Paul Yarvey, if you're talking about Vertanen, he, he has established himself, but he's also kind of made it known that he's not really a top six player. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he's like a middle six. Ideally, I feel uh, for Tannen's a third line, maybe second line, so top middle six. Yeah, so, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. know. I, but... I think you could. I mean, you could play him up your lineup, but on a good team, um, you, you don't want him playing in your top six. No. You know, hands down a third line option, but if you need to, I could see him playing yeah. top six. If, in case of I guess. injury, you know? I guess, like, Bertan to me just screams like a high-energy guy. But, you know, like, in the playoffs, you're going to send him out on your fourth line, kind of, you know, give your top guys a breather while he's just playing a bit, yeah. bit more physical. Yeah. For the, yeah. And uh, about the Galicol, like, uh, it's, another, it's another player who just hasn't had any luck when it comes to uh, proving himself in the NHL. I feel like, uh, I'm not too sure his contract situation. I think, I'm... Let's see here. I don't know. I, I think Dal Cole. I think Dal Cole's doing well in uh, New York, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he, he's kind of. No, he, I don't think he's had any uh, any. Uh, any Maybe not, but I know like last year he's definitely scored a couple goals. I know that for sure. Here, let's see. I'll take a look here on his NHL stats. So, um, nineteen twenty, he played fifty three games, four goals, six assists for ten points. So he hasn't really. Wowed yet, you know. Um, and his career, he has 85 games played, he's got 17 points, so he hasn't really impressed much. But I can't really see his uh, his um, ice time, so I can't really tell what line he's played on. But Doc Cole is the guy seems with out of, out of I his, mean, uh, my uh, my assumptions here, he, he probably played in the bottom six given the talent. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe Del Cole was playing for Oshawa when D- DJ Smith was the coach. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's I know he played for Oshawa and I know he came, he came to Kingston in a trade, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if DJ Smith was a coach then or not. He did play, I'm for not Oshawa. sure. Yeah, he did play for Oshawa. Let's, let's you, see when he's doing pretty well in Oshawa, so you never know. Not, not about him. Yeah, he, yeah, he scored all. Well, I, I, I don't know if he did coach, <laughs> was, a, was a coach that. Like, I'm not, I don't remember. Here, I'll take a look here. I've got uh, DJ Smith's uh, stats. Right. It, it sounds a lot like we just discovered Ottawa's next option. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they for sure, they for sure, they for well, sure the... at the same time. Because uh, DJ, yeah, DJ Smith started in Oshawa in 2012 and stopped there in 2015, and Dalakol started there in 2012 and left in 2015. So they're on the same team. There we go. Exact same time. So it, it this this shows that uh okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a real reach here. This shows that uh that DJ Smith knows how. To play <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure he was a captain for that team too, and I'm pretty sure they went out to win the Memorial Cup. Actually, no, well, sorry. Josh, Josh Brown's the captain. Yeah. One year, I know that for sure. But Josh Brown, let's go. Josh Brown and Michael Dalco played together. That's we're, we're running into another Guy Boucher <laughs> situation here. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, they liked it. Oh they liked goodness. this uh, coach's player. Dorian doesn't have to do his job. It's pretty much just DJ Smith being like, hey, this is the player I want. Dorian's like, all right, let's go get him. Yeah. I mean, on that though, I, I do agree that, that a coach definitely has to have influence on who the jet, who the GM brings in. But I, I think the GM. Yeah, of course. But I, you, all, you also want your coach to be comfortable with the players just coaching. Like that's the whole thing. Like, each coach has different styles. Each have yeah. different players. They, they, they like to the coach. And if you're comfortable with some of the players already, they already know your system and whatnot. It makes just the whole team easier to kind of, you know, start buy into your system because you, know, you have some guys that are knowing, knowing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, along the same lines, guys. Uh, you guys see the Josh Brown signed two seasons now. So here's oh, he signed today. Yep. Uh, just breaking news, kind yeah. of. But uh, Ottawa signed oh, cool. one point two million over two seasons. I had no problem with that signing whatsoever, to be honest with you. Yeah, cool. No. Uh, no problem. It's it's a, it's a low risk. I'm gonna. I sound like a broken record, but he's, he's a low risk, high reward situation. Like he, we just paid what a fourth round pick for him, ninety fifth overall, and. Now we have him for two years. You get either com- completely flunked out and play bo- uh, top line and top top pair of minutes in the AHL, or you could be a, a or you could be an interim D pair for uh, uh, Thomas Shabbat. I don't know that they plan on playing with Thomas Shabbat, but I do think he fills he fills a roster spot this season at least, and then next season when Bernard Docker and Brandstrom yeah, and sure. you know Thompson are knocking on the door, maybe he kind of moves down to you know a seventh defenseman or you know a emergency like a call up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, ideally, I think Josh Brown is ideally a, a, a top six option or a uh, a depth guy. But for right now, he's he's, he's a roster spot, and he could play. If, if, considering his playing style, it's I consider it to be like a, 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 a Thomas Shabbat's Mark Mathot. Even though we, he already had that, he already had Dylan Demello, but now he doesn't have Dylan Demello, so it'd be an interesting pair. I'd like. To yeah, I'm curious about. Yeah, you also have. Sorry, no, just, no, go ahead. I was just kind of curious to see what you guys think about the trade, but we can talk about that in a second. Yeah, I was ju- I was just going to mention that you also have uh, Artem Zub, if you kind of remember that guy too. So I do. you have two guys now uh, with length and mobility there that uh, that could be options over someone like Zaitsev, mm-hmm. thankfully, to, uh, to play with uh, Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what Zub's made out of. I've heard, I've heard, some, good, I've heard some good things and you know, I believe he's only signed for a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, looking forward to seeing what you can bring to the table. Well. <laughs> okay, can you still there? Yes. Yeah. Do, do you have the uh, contact information for Josh Brown? I don't remember. I, I can't seem to find it. Uh, it's 1.2 million over two years. It's a, it's a one-way, oh, one-way like, deal. <clears throat> 1.2 mil per? Yeah. Why not? Oh, I don't really like that. We got, we got, got to get to the cap floor. We got $22 million to spend on the cap floor. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But just like it's, I'm just pulling it. I mean, he's, really he's not a superstar player, but more like 1.2 is not bad for. No. No, it's, it's not bad, but given his, 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 uh, his, uh, he's played pretty much a full season in the NHL, so that's not bad. No. He's played pretty much a full NHL season mm-hmm. in the NHL. He even played some playoff games. Yeah, he's played ninety. Yeah, that's yeah, he's played ninety. That's kind of right where I expected. Yeah, yeah Sam. Yeah, I, I just over a million like, dollars. 
Yeah, I expected from from minimum to, uh, from league min to uh, to a million dollars. So I guess one two one point two is not too much of a leap. So for the Sam, that's fine. I'm getting I'm getting all. upset over one point two million. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Well, it's not bad. Oh my goodness! I, I didn't realize how tall. I knew, I knew he was tall, but I didn't realize he was yeah. I mean, five inches. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big boy. That's ridiculous. He is a big boy. Yeah, he's two hundred seventeen pounds. That's a big guy. Another thing is, uh, does anybody have has anybody ever watched any? Of the games? Uh, I don't I, really know. Uh, I like I, I watched I it like a bit, obviously when he was playing with Florida, play. but not much. I know he, I know he's he liked to fight, so that's I don't know if that's a good thing or. Yeah, yeah from, from what I've heard, he, he likes, likes to, fight, to fight. So. Okay, that that that, that completely explains it. Then he's yeah, pretty much Mark Borowiecki. Yeah. And he's younger that's, than Bor. He's that's, younger that's, as well. I mean, no, 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 to Boro. <laughs> yeah, he's only twenty six years old. Yeah, like I love Boro, but like if he's not coming back, he's he's it's already been he's already, it's already been announced he's not coming back. So like you got to find someone to replace that roster spot, and why not have a guy who, I'm assuming here has a similar play style. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's actually uh, guys. He's analytically he's a lot better than a lot of people think. I mean, he, he won the captain. So, of, was, he won the captain yeah, of a Memorial yeah, Cup team, I, so he has he's somewhat good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but even looking at like his heat maps, it's a small sample size, but the guy's actually not too bad. Um, you know, if you're looking at uh, in terms of who can play with Shabbat, um, I think everyone's choice was Demello. Yeah. Um, yeah, this sure. guy. But now, do you want? Yeah, Demello? this guy is not too bad at all. So we'll see. I how mean, it for a fourth round pick, like I know, some, I know, I've seen on Twitter some people yeah. are a little upset the fourth round pick got moved, but in my mind, it's like we have we have so many draft picks that you know a fourth round pick isn't really. Not to the team at this point. Yeah. With, with, no. Without that draft pick, we have 12. Yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, would you rather trade a fourth-round pick and take a chance on a guy, or would you rather take a fourth-round pick to someone who's already with NHL, a bit more NHL experience? Yeah, exactly. The thing with Josh Brown is this, this is this is honestly really comparable to the uh, Dylan Mel situation. Dylan Mel didn't really have much of a name back in the NHL back then. Uh, when He had just played one or two seasons, and he, he was – Decent, I guess, with San Jose, but he really made a name in Ottawa, and now he's now he's he's eyed as uh, one of the one of the better defensive defensemen in the NHL. Like Toronto is apparently Toronto's charge. Let's be honest, who is Toronto? Toronto, Toronto who is in Toronto? Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Yeah, like no, like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kyle Dubas makes a lot yeah. of his decisions based on analytics and analytics alone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, and I, I don't really mind that. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I, I could, I could, I could see it going two ways. Either, sorry, three ways. Either Josh Brown produces as expected, like as has he as he's been doing right now with, with Florida, or he completely flunks. We send him to the AHL, or he completely like blows. Yeah, I mean, there's really no like there's really no risk to this one. Like you said, you send him to the AHL, he'll be you know a top line man to AHL and you know be like type of guy to the. Like, Defend the younger guys in tough situations. So, yeah, yeah. The other point to that is, uh, you know, with the fourth round pick, uh, Dorian this morning in his uh, media availability just mentioned that the the talents uh, of the of this draft it kind of drops off after round three. So he sees that as kind of where the depth kind of takes a takes a bit of a dip. So. Um, so a fourth round pick yeah. really well, I mean, may not be worth all that much. 
I mean, he, he could also just like like I'm, I I I understand what he's saying, but he could have just said that to uh to hype up the fans and hype up our uh our three picks in the first round. Yeah. Four. Picks no, he's, he's not. He's not wrong though. Like the, like the like, obviously well, they're, they're some good picks. players, but after the third round, it kind of like drops off. Like, the, the, the quality is kind of way different than the third round. Oh, so. Sure. Yeah, as a as as of right now, but like if you look at like the nineteen ninety six draft where Alfie was drafted in the six is this yeah sixth round. If you look at the twenty twelve draft where twenty twelve yeah, I mean obviously there's gonna be hidden gems, but like just skill level wise right now, like obviously you know like it all depends on development, but right now skill wise the fourth round isn't as strong as the first three rounds is what he's trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you get into like yeah. round, I'm just nitpicking. Like <laughs> maybe like five to seven percent of those players become yeah, NHL. Yeah, exactly. It's not so. Yeah. I think a fourth fourth round pick's fine. Like I'm not gonna be too too upset this time that I'm picking in the fourth round this year when you know <laughs> if four second round picks and three no, first. No, no, no. It's, 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 I don't really mind. Yeah, we only we only there's only two rounds this year where we don't have picks. That's, That's fine. Fourth round and a seventh round. Yeah, I don't really mind. And, uh, yeah. I feel like we talked about Josh Brown a lot. Josh Brown. Um, <laughs> so our fourth round pick. Yeah. Let's now move on to the – yeah. Let's move on to your rebrand now because that's, that's – that's, 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 I think that's going to be spicy. What are you, what are you guys thinking it. of with the rebrand? Yeah, you guys uh, you guys seen the I, jersey leaks yesterday? I've seen – yeah, I've seen the leaks for sure. I don't know how I feel about the – like. I saw people, a lot of people, like I'm going to mention this now, I saw a lot of people hitting on the guy who leaked the jerseys and all that. Sure, it's, he should not have leaked it. I completely, I, compl- I agree with that sentiment. But I don't, I don't agree with the bullying of him. Like, you don't need to bully someone for leaking something, you know? Like, I've seen so much bullying and it's unacceptable. Yeah, I, I think, I don't even think he intended to leak it. I think he sent a snap to, to yeah. someone and then the person who received the snap sent it to someone else and... Oh no no no! He, he he for sure he for sure recorded and sent it to uh, as a reply. Uh, he tagged sends insider sends. But I mean, like return. he tagged a couple yeah, of other accounts. I think that's the guy that actually released it. But I I think it went through a few channels first. Like originally, I heard it was just a Snapchat. yeah. But I mean, like oh, let's be yeah, honest, it it's the worst kept secret. It was the worst kept secret. Uh, Everybody knew true. the rebrand was coming. Everybody pretty much already knew the jerseys were there. Was already. Like oh, yeah. you know, mock designs with Byfield in a black and red jersey, so it's not that big of a deal that I got leaked. <laughs> oh, but I, I, yeah, it's it's funny. It's yeah. hard to hide things. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's not like it's not like they oh, you know re- revealed the next I don't know World Cup host or whatnot. It's a, it's a jersey that people have seen multiple times. So, um, but I. I like I like it. I like yeah. I I like it. Like 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 even the like on TSN's mock draft when they kind of showed the Sens logo there. I was like, all right, you know what? This 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 feels right. So I I do like where they're going back yeah, to it. So much better. Yeah. It's so yeah. much better. I understand. I yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. I understand why we're going back to the 2B logo, but personally, it just this might just be, be young me talking because I'm the youngest of all three of us. I don't, I don't really get all the hate for the 3B logo. In the I mean, I don't like no. Honestly, for me, it, it's not the logo. It's the it's the stripes on the jerseys and just how awkward it looks. Like it just nothing really goes together on that jersey. The logo itself, 
is not really the biggest problem. But but just the the look of the overall jersey, I found really ugly. <laughs> it's all it's all a big marketing point, right? Like they, mean, they lost a lot of fans gonna, because of the Carlson and Stone and Hoffman trades, and that's kind of their way of being like, hey, we're, 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 we're yeah, so, bringing so the team back that you know and love type thing. Same low, like you know, like it's kind of a marketing plan to kind of get the fans back in the seats too, which. I mean, it seems like it's working. Every time I see you, can see like all these people, nothing but positive comments about it. So, which is new in the last couple of years, it's all positive. But yeah, for sure. I was listening to a uh, Locked On Senators podcast episode uh, yesterday at work, and it's just, it's, I completely like they're they're mentioning that uh, like you, you gotta you gotta take a step back to take two steps forward, and it's it's a great sentiment to have. And while we while we've taken multiple steps back with trading Carlson, trading Stone, trading all those guys away, um, yeah, it's time I mean, to step forward. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of the perfect time to introduce the new jerseys too. It's like you know, bring new core, new era, like new face face of the franchises type thing. Oh, for sure, yeah, and I completely understand why they're revealing it at the draft. So I mean, I think it's, I think it's rather they're going to reveal like six p.m. or something. Like players are going to be wearing it. So, yeah, because yeah, because the draft starts at seven o'clock, if I remember correctly, and then the reveal is at six p.m. Right, so everybody initially thought it was. Gonna well, be I think any other year it would have been like they would have went up with the new jersey, like you know, like when Winnipeg did when they revealed their logo, they kind of went yeah. up to the draft table and put it on. But obviously, with COVID, it's all virtual, yeah. so they kind of got to change their plan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, um, breaking, I guess Jack Johnson. I did see that. Yeah. For bios. That's nothing. Yeah, I just got the I mean, just now. I, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope I agree from him. <laughs> I agree. The well, only yeah, way I would really consider it is if he takes like a league minimum deal just to kind of play. I, you know, I, I feel like I went on paying a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I feel for the guy everything he's gone through, but just he does. He's not worth three and a half million dollars, no. you know. Yeah, of course. Has anybody heard of what happened to him? Yeah, it's it's uh, it was a delicate situation where he uh, trusted the I guess I guess mm-hmm. I guess like well, he trusted the wrong people. I mean, money, yeah. I guess. when you have a lot of money, I know I know it's his parents and all that, but you have a lot of money. But I was gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, hey guys, we're back. We just took a little quick break there to uh, reset the recording, so we didn't have any technical difficulties. So I believe we were uh, just talking about the rebrand, right? Yep. Yep. So uh, off off uh, off uh, recording, we were mentioning how uh, uh, each of us range in age and how some of us have different memories of the old logo. So if uh, Derek, I'll let you start. Yeah. So uh, for me personally, um, I'm the grizzled vet on here today, I guess, uh, being 32 years old. But uh, yeah, it, it takes me back to you know the Daniel Alfredson days and. The, the pizza line days, that's, you know, Alfie, Spezza, oh, oh. and Heatley. Um, and, you know, that's that's some of my greatest memories uh, from my childhood, wearing that logo. So um, so that's why I am super stoked for uh, for the rebrand. How about you, Alex? Yeah, uh, yeah well, I'm, you know, I'm a bit, a bit younger, 26, but I, I, I was around when that pizza line, and I haven't heard that in such a long time, but just, just hearing you say that just gushed a whole bunch of memories all over. So, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm super stoked for the rebrand. I I like that logo. Like that, I've been a Suns fan since I've been pretty much born. 
Um, but yeah, that, that, that logo just means a lot, especially, you know, like kind of like, kind of growing up, you kind of, you know, um, I, it's, hard, it's hard to say, but you kind of get like made fun of for choosing like cheering for a team. And then, you know, like when the Sens made that cup run, you're like, oh, well, here you go. I'm better than anybody else right now. Better Canadian, yeah. Canadian team. So, and like that's kind of where I start, kind of solidified my fandom as a Sens fan. I do remember uh, exactly that winning goal against Buffalo. We were, me and my brother were playing mini sticks in the hallway with the game on. And yeah, once uh, I believe it was Alberton scored uh, that game yeah. winner. And <laughs> I kind of just dro- dropped everything and cheered. So yeah. I'm super, super super excited to go back to that logo. It's nice that you know exactly what you were doing when that happened. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I was playing mini sticks. I believe me, my like I, I was pretending I was uh, I guess Ray Ray Emery. My brother was Chris Osgood from Detroit, and yeah, <laughs> That's sick. I love that. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm a lot younger, so like as I've been a Sens fan my entire life. I'm only 18. I was born in 02, so like I was a uh, I was very very young when back in the cup run. I think I was like five years old back then, right? So like. Of course, I, I, I've loved Sens my entire life, but like I don't really have the memory of all those memories, I guess. So for me, it's 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 a completely new, new. I know it's 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 a return to the past, but it's, for me, it's a it's a new new chapter, you know. Yep, no, that's fair. Which I mean, it, it, it still kind of makes sense. Like it's a new chapter. The old Sens we kind of grew up sharing, kind of, you know, all moved on and gone different teams. Now it's now it's kind of a new era. Yeah, for sure. So. I guess that's it on the rebrand. Is that, is that right? Anybody want to say anything else? I uh, just wanted to mention the, you know, the white jersey. Um, the the lines kind of changed a little bit. Oh, I didn't, I didn't so, even know. Uh, oh, we're talking about the leak, right? Yeah, with the with the leak, at yeah. least on the fanatics version of the jersey, it looks if like I, they yeah. took the black that runs right through to the uh, to the wrist. They took that away, so. Uh, personally, I think it lo- looks a little too close to the New Jersey Devils whites. Yeah, for that's fair. And that's that's even if that's the official jersey, we, we might we, we we don't know for sure how credible this source is. And it might be it might be in New Jersey. It might not be. You know, it's 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 that's how I feel. I feel not. We we don't know until we see it. I mean, we'll find out tomorrow. But exactly, yeah. So as yeah. as we record this, we're 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 at, we're we're recording at one o'clock on the fifth today. So. By the time this is by the time this podcast is up, uh, it's probably be up later today or probably early tomorrow morning or something like that. We'll probably already know. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, ideas for free agency. So, like I said, we have we have all together we have forty three million dollars in cap space, but we have we need to get the cap, the cap floor. We need to spend at least twenty two million. So I was making a list of players to target. Like I mentioned earlier, I've got the vets, the young guys with little bit of expectation. I've got a stretch stretch uh, set uh, list too. So for vets, I've got Kovalchuk, uh, which I already mentioned. I also have Adam Larson because if I remember correctly, Adam Larson is a free agent this year, right? Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure, um, but just to, on, for him. just to jump on that bandwagon, not not bandwagon, but just to say, Dorian did say in his media availability that they're not expected to be high spenders in free agency. So just keep that in mind. Wait, wait, pardon me, what? Dorian said in his media availability that they're not going to spend a lot in free agency. So no, I don't expect him to, but they have to reach the cap somehow. Like, like yeah, but like, so like, if they resign, like, like, so let's say declare to five million, and they resigned. 
Tierney to two, three million. That's eight million already taken up right there. Yeah. And they like, eventually they're going to get there. And then, you know, you sign a couple, like the, we signed Ron Hainsey. Apparently they're in talks with as well for like, you know, one year, $4 million or $3 million. Like, you know, like they'll get there. I don't know if they're going to spend, like, they'll probably just make it to the cap. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, I get that. Like, uh, I completely, yeah, I get that. Uh, it's, 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 I guess you put Adam Larson to a stretch. But if you have, if you do bring in Adam Larson, you could, uh, I could lower the expectations for a guy like Josh Brown if, if we have those expectations for Josh Brown. So you could play with Thomas Shabon and you have, you could have, uh, Josh Brown fight exactly where before he gets he was, you know, it's just like it's a move in, move out situation. And you have, if you have Adam Larson, you have, I guess you consider him a veteran at this point. He's 27 years of age. He's got one year left on his contract, so you would have to trade for him. I was wrong on that. I was thinking to be a fade this year. And, uh, yeah, that's it's, it's my opinion on Adam Larson. He's a good uh, stay-at-home deal. He can contribute to the play if he needs to. Yeah, similar to your point, uh, to your point Jake, um, for free agency, I had uh, Chris Tierney as a potential target. Um, I, I Honestly, I think Vancouver will probably try to keep him. But uh, Chris Tanev, I mean, sorry. Yeah, Chris Tanev. Yeah, yeah. Chris oh. Tanev would be, yeah. yeah you said oh, I said Tierney. Tierney. I, was like, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Chris Tanev. Uh, yeah. My bad, guy. Uh, yeah, my head's I, in the yeah, my head's fine. in the clouds right now. Oh, that's all good. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, Chris Tanev um, as, uh, you know, a big kind of hulking right shot D. Um, he has experience playing with, uh, with Quinn Hughes uh, from this year. So, yeah. Uh, and- yeah, I, 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 I think he's kind of an ideal target. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can, I can see that. Like it's like when when Alex said that, we I, like for sure, Sens is not Sens aren't going to spend a lot in free agency, but you got to bring at least one guy in, you know, and like Adam Larson or Chris Tanner would be a nice guy to bring in, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I'm okay with getting a defenseman, but at the same time, we already have what five con five defensemen on contract. Like oh, yeah. you, you know, like we still got to keep room for the young guys to grow. Yeah. Like like yeah, if, we you know we. Like we have Shabbat, Zub, Zaitsev, Brown now, and they're apparently they're going to resign Hainsey, like or working on it. At least talking about it. Well, that's what they're talking about. They talked to the agent, so that's like four defensemen right there. And I mean, like, you know, you, you kind of like Branstrom's going to need some playing time. Like he's he's gonna, obviously going to play in Belleville, but he's also going to need to come up and play a bit in the yeah, sure. NHL. Yeah, yeah and then, I, like it's I don't know it's 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 tough to kind of predict anything right now without kind of seeing how the draft goes. Um, like. But I, I do agree. Someone like a Chris Tanev or maybe like even an Adam Larson, you know, someone like if they can get them for cheap, maybe like kind of. Yeah. Just, but yeah, I'm also well, I'm also a big, big like advocate on just let, let, letting the young guys play. But I also oh, do I, understand I, I, we, yeah. we need we need need to get to the cap floor somehow. So yeah. I completely yeah. agree with letting the young guys play. That's why I, I disagree with a lot of people saying we should go after uh, a Matt Murray or a uh, or a uh, big guy in free agency. We don't need to get these stars. I guess you consider Matt Murray still a star. We need to get like depth guys to like help help transition from the to the young core. But you still need to have some guys to help build around, right? Yeah, of course. And essentially, you just kind of want guys to kind of like not not, not plug holes. Well, I guess yeah, plug holes until the young guys in Belleville are ready to come up and take a yeah, full time. Sure. Yeah, if you sign Chris Tanner to a two to three year deal, it's it's ideal for us, in my opinion. It brings us cap space. It doesn't steal too many spots from young guys, but it also help, It also uh, creates a sense of uh, competi- competition too. You know. I, yeah, I guess the only thing, like the thing with Chris Tanev, I, I agree, Derek. I think he's probably the most ideal target. Um, 
he's 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 capable on NHL and he's still young. So if we do sign to a two or three year deal, like he'll be part of that top like decor, yeah. right? Like I don't want to like. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want to, but obviously I'm not in charge. But uh, like, like, yeah, if we can sign Tanner for like a longer term deal, that's fine. But you know, going out and just getting him for a year rental, I don't really know. That's the thing. Yeah. But and worst comes worst, if you sign to a two to three year deal, you can trade him in the second or the third year at uh, at the uh, the trade deadline and hold some cap to be even more like, valuable. He's, he's a good enough. He's a good enough defenseman to make the to play with Shabon on the first line and actually yeah, be sure. helpful towards everything. So uh, I'm okay yeah. with a move like that. But yeah, for sure. When it comes to young guys, I mentioned I have Pugliarvi, Dalakol, and Vertan, and we already talked about them, so I will skip them. I will go do my stretch list. Okay, guys, this this is not going to happen. This is Most of these guys are our trades. Two of these three guys are our trades. It's not going to happen. It's just, I, I figured I'd I, I throw in some names that, that, that would be interesting talking points. So for goalies, uh, there was mentioned that uh, a little while ago, there was, room, there was a discussion. I don't know how serious it was. It was like it's people speculating if Murray would be a good fit in Ottawa. Matt Murray. It's it's a name that's been thrown out there. I don't want it to happen, but it is, I had to mention it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I Honestly, I don't see it happening. I think it's more of a tire-kicking situation. Um, Dorian is shopping for a goalie because of Nelson's, um, you know, uncertainty, I guess. What do you mean by um, uncertainty? And, oh, surrounding, you know, the concussion and the oh, injury that... When did yeah, he's still, he's still not like he's still not fit, fit to play yet. I heard so. Wow, I, I, yeah. honestly, I didn't even hear that. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Ottawa is definitely in the hunt for a goaltender. I don't think they're uh, very confident with uh, with Nilsson right now. Um, just just surrounding his concussion. Matt Murray is a is a kid that they kick tires on. He's a young goaltender. Yeah. Um, probably not in terms of fit. I don't think for Ottawa they they might look to someone like Darcy Kemper um, or perhaps to Columbus, someone like Merz Leakins or Corpusallo um, in the short term. Yeah. It, it might be a little bit more of a fit there and cost you a hell of a lot less than what someone like Matt Murray is going to cost you. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with the Matt Murray. I, I think, you know, with a player of Matt Murray's caliber, um, you put up on the trade block, you kind of, you need to inquire. If not, you're not doing your, your job with the general manager, right? Like he's, 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 he's one Stanley Cup. Um, but I, in my personal opinion, I think James Reimer might be the best target. Um, he's a free agent, first of all. And, you know, I, I, I personally want to see what Hogberg can do as a starter in a full season. Um, so, you know, kind of get Reimer to kind of back him up and if anything goes wrong, Reimer's still capable of a goaltender to take over the starting duties for a little bit until they can figure it out. But I personally yeah. just want to see what Hogberg's capable of. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, have, have, have a tandem situation where you have a 1A, 1B type of guy. I think, uh, I think having a guy like Reimer would be great. But another guy I was thinking, it just, just came to me just now, it's uh, – if you go to Edmonton and try to trade for Miko Koskinen, it's 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 rumored that they're trying to get rid of him. So if you could take advantage of Otto's cap space, you can get them to send you something to take on that Koskinen contract. That that being said, though, when you brought up Corpusalo, Derek, I was like, yeah, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but, well, I mean, he's coming off that incredible performance in the playoffs. But honestly, uh, Corpusalo, his numbers um, over a larger sample size aren't very good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, compared to yeah. some of the others, but I would take, you know, like you said, have a one A, one B option with Hogberg and uh, and see what he can do. And you also have Decord, who's really, really pressing uh, in terms of you know, 
NHL potential. Yeah, yeah and you also got like I know Gustafson hasn't really turned out the way we we all we all expected him to, but that's first of all, his goaltenders take a long time to develop, and you also have Matt Sodgard as well, who they traded up last year to get. Like they have a lot of goaltenders in the prospect and the I mean, prospect pipeline, so I don't know. I don't know if Matt Murray really makes sense because I feel like Matt Murray is going to be looking for like a longer term deal. So for sure. No, I, that's, I, I don't think I'll get memory. I just mentioned the name because no, the name was out there, you know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to Philip Gustafson, like, I'm, I'm personally really high on Gustafson and Zuger. I think one of those two will be our starter of the future, and that is why I don't think Ottawa should get Askarov at, at this year's draft. Well, Askarov I think they should. They, they, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. While Askarov is a franchise-level goalie for sure, we definitely already have our goaltender of the future in plan. Yeah, interesting point on that, Jake. Uh, the Askarov kind of rumor when it came about um, was presented as perhaps Eugene Melnick trying to get in on the hockey operations and Which really put for Askarov. And that kind surprise, of pissed me surprise. off. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> no, like, uh, that being said, if, if you know, if this is a different situation, Ottawa's picking 10th or 11th, then maybe I'd be like, all right, you know, Askarov, sure. But in the top five, like I, I, yeah. I think we need need we need personally two, two impact players right off the bat, and goaltender is not one that we really need to worry about at this point. Yeah, wait, wait, no, do we have a goaltender? Yeah. But if we were if we were tenth or eleventh, then maybe I can consider it and be like, okay, you know what, maybe I can let this slide. But that yeah. five, there's just too many skilled players available to take that Ottawa needs more than right now. Then they have a bunch of goalies in the pipeline. So yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, uh, when it came to uh, – I think I might have – when I was talking about goalies, I think I might have said Corpusalo, uh, but I meant to say Koskinen from Edmonton. You could definitely – oh, Alex, oh. connection one. He's going to rejoin the chat. I guess I'm going to message him really quickly. Um, one sec. Yeah, no problem. There you go. He just, he just uh, lost connection there. I accidentally clicked the X on my web browser. Okay, oh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, but anyways, I'll go on your and thing. I don't, I don't know if Koskinen's really. No, like, I, don't I, don't know, think, I don't think I don't think he's a good goaltender at all. But I don't think he's I don't think he's a starter material at all. But like my 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 point was if is if you trade for him, you could definitely get Edmonton to send you something back to take on that contract because they're definitely regretting signing that contract and they're definitely trying to shop him out so we can bring another guy in like maybe a. Like maybe yeah, a, like an Askarov, yeah, kind of right around the Edmonton picking point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like Edmonton's definitely trying to move on from one of their goalies, and if if you can get them to pay you to take on that Coffin contract, I don't see why not. You look at it, look into it at least. The uh, the other thing we have to consider with uh, with goalies is the Seattle expansion draft. That That's too, fair. and if you have a guy like Askarov, his contract is is going to be up that next off season, if I remember correctly. So you can definitely. Try Wait, Ask- Askarov or Koskinen? Sorry, not sorry, Koskinen. <laughs> sorry, not Askarov. Wow, but yeah, you could definitely try to try persuade Seattle to take down that Askarov. Not, I mean, Koskinen situation afterwards, you know? Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. the Seattle fan is going to play, I think, a big, big role in this offseason. Just because you know teams aren't going to be fooled that they were in Vegas because you know like a bunch of teams got ripped off, but. I don't think it tends to be a bit more cautious now and kind of prepare more for it than the previous expansion. So you might see some moves to kind of help with that. Yeah, for sure. And 
you want know, my next guy on this list. No, the other guys I have, it's just, it's, it's just a conversational starter. It's, and I don't expect this to happen. There was a uh, uh, rumors about Pelini and uh, being traded out of Winnipeg. I, I could see. I honestly, you could honestly consider uh, moving for Liney given his uh, goal scoring capabilities and offensive prowess. Right, might, might as well look for it. Right. Yeah, Patrick Liney. I mean, that's probably the nig- uh, the biggest name on the trade market right now. Well, for sure, he's number two behind uh, Matt Murray right now. I think. Yeah, I would put Line a, like way ahead of Murray personally, but um, but yeah, Ottawa doesn't have a sniper like that. I mean, could no. they go out and and trade a lot to get Patrick Line? Yeah, um, he's also a very hot and cold player, though. That's that's uh, the point. I think uh, when it comes to uh, to um, Patrick Line, is if we draft a guy like Lucas Freeman fifth overall, Patrick Line is just a temporary option. But if you do entertain that Patrick Line option, what is the trade? I think the trade would be something like you definitely need to send them a roster player. So I'm thinking as much as I hate to see him go, Anthony Declare, you have to throw Anthony Duclair in that conversation. You have to throw a prospect like a, like a, 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 a Johnny Tedchonic, I think you would send, or Jacob Bernard Docker, one of, one of those two. I mean, definitely you have to send a pick or two. Oh, man. I mean, That's I think Line. Yeah, I think Line would cost you a whole lot more than that, honestly. I agree. I think, I, I think Winnipeg <clears throat> would be circling around at least Eric Brandstrom. They're looking for a D. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I, I, I think it would be someone a lot more kind of high-end, someone who could be NHL-ready a lot sooner. Um, you're looking at probably the one of the top five picks there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for, for Line sure. as well. Uh, and then maybe another player on top of that, like a Formanton or, you know, one of our other top end players. We're yeah. talking about a guy who could score 40 to 50 goals a season. So, I mean, those players just don't come around. No, for sure. And just imagine if you, if you put, if you put uh, Liney in a line with, we'll say, with a Quinn Byfield and then Brady Kachuk. Imagine that lineup. That'd be an insanely huge lineup, line. Like Brady Kachuk, is he 6'3 or 6'4 now? Uh, Quentin Byfield is what six five, I think it is, or something like that. Oh no, he's not six five. He's pretty, he's tall though. And then Patrick Liney, I think it's six two. That is an insanely tall line. Yeah, I don't know. Like Liney to me, like if we were to get a player, he'd be the guy that like, I I would I would be like okay, I I can I, I accept. But then <clears throat> just because he kind of fits that mold of you know a young young roster player, but then the, the then I go to think the amount we have to give out for him, I don't know if it's exactly worth it. Oh, sure. uh, they, I, I, he, he could be a game changer, but like Derek pointed out, he's very hot and cold. He'll score like you know, like fifteen goals in like seven games, eight games, and then all of a sudden go cold for like nine, ten games without scoring a single goal. And it's like they're like cough, cough, Fortnite, cough, cough. Yeah, like I don't know if Ottawa <laughs> really needs someone like that at that point, especially with two like the third and fifth overall pick. I feel like they would probably get more impact players in line A with those two. And I do yeah, think sure. it would cost the, the fifth. I did see. I've tried trade proposals on Twitter that I thought was ridiculous, but it was Logan Brown, the fifth overall pick and the 28th overall pick for Patrick Line. And I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, but, I, I could understand this moving on, moving on from uh, Logan Brown. Like I'm pers- I've personally never been extremely sold on him. I want to see him do good, but I, I think he needs to change the scenery personally. When it comes to Logan Brown. The, the problem is his trade value right now is next to nothing. I mean, he hasn't yeah. really proved anything at the NHL level. 
he's what 23 now 22 yeah 22 okay so he's not you know old by any stretch but if he's going to prove something it has to be this season if you read between the lines um listening to pierre dorian talk and some of uh some of the senators um executives executives talk about uh logan brown they certainly seem like they could be shopping him yeah yeah, I mean, like I've been to a couple of Belleville games uh, this past the past season, obviously before COVID killed Bell down. But um, you, you watch Logan Brown, you you can see his 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 hands and his vision and the skill sets there. It's just his skating is lacks behind a lot. And he, I feel like he needs, he, he doesn't use his body like he's a big frame, big a big kid. He doesn't use any of that. And I feel like if you really like, he you can see the potential. It's just he needs to get all he needs to get it together and kind of figure yeah, he, figure that out. He um, for sure has the potential, and he had a he had a pretty good year in the NHL last year, if I remember correctly. He was wicked good. But the one thing is, is the one thing for me is, we definitely already have a lot of centers. We've got Colin White, and Josh Norris, who potentially have quit in Byfield, or Tim Stutzel, because Tim Stutzel is a center too. So we have one of those two guys. Then we have um, guys who currently don't, have for, on the team. don't forget Pinto. <laughs> Pint- yeah, yeah same Pinto too. I completely forgot about. It. Like we have so many centers right now. But I guess the, the beauty with the center is that you can only have too much because centers are kind of you can kind of move them around wherever, wherever you want, right? Like yeah, I, don't, I don't think Logan Brown would be a good winger. I think he's he's a key. It's a center just because of his vision and his ability to like create plays. But his skating is not at the NHL level at all right yeah. now. And I know that's tough for a guy that his size to kind of work on. But yeah, if, if his skating is not going to be something that he's that he's able to improve, I think he should be able to use his body to create the open space and kind of you know like he's he's a big kid, just you know the use it to kind of play a bit more physical, kind of create open space in the ice to kind of, you know, get up there. And that way you don't need to rely on your skating so much to get into the open areas. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, guys, my biggest problem with Brown is, is how he kind of trails off in his shifts. Like he doesn't yeah. start out too bad, but the endurance just isn't there at the NHL level. And he really just trails off, especially five on five. But uh, I really like Brown on the power play. Like, he, he brings a different dynamic. He's got extremely good vision, and his hands are great. I, I think there's still potential there, but he's got a lot to work on. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think what killed him the most was the hype surrounding him. Uh, yeah, he's got overall. But, he, like, he's, again, he still is 22, so he can still figure it out. He's still time to figure it out. But, you know, he's been in the center organization for, what, now four or five years, and it's like – with the with the amount of prospects we have coming in, like he's falling down the depth chart quickly. So he, if he wants to see at the stands, he's gonna like I, this this season is definitely the one he kind of needs to take that next step. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And the last name, let's move on to my last name here. The last name I had on my stretch list is again, it's a massive stretch. But apparently, everybody on Florida is available except for Alexander Berkov. So you got to kind of look at uh, Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh do you oh. though? <laughs> just, just look into like he'd be a great player to have. He scored what ninety six points two years ago, and like he could played really good this year too. He's a wicked good player. Like I don't think the fit is Earth Rado, but you have to at least look into it, right? Just as a general manager, anybody anybody on that caliber is available. You have to look into it, you know. Yeah, I mean, if Florida is really like tearing things down, then Huberdo, I guess, would be a target. I haven't heard his name out there personally. I mean, yeah, uh, same. I've never heard his name out there at all. It's just because yesterday the I read something about. Um, yeah, yesterday I read something about uh, Florida making everybody available except for uh, Barkov. I don't know if they're for sure looking to trade them, but I think they're looking for like listen to offers. Wow. I mean, I mean, 
you know, like a player gets Hubert of caliber, like obviously I'd be listening to offers too. <laughs> the amount you can yeah. get in return for him, like you know, like I, I, I it had to be a wicked deal for me to consider it. But I, I, yeah. I, I just, I just think you know, like obviously for we all know it's not going to happen, but just for conversation starters, like that price range is way out of Ottawa's league at this, oh, the, no, this point. And there's no way they should be making that move. No, it'd be aligning on steroids in terms of yeah. asking price. Yeah. So. Anyways, that's that's not pretty much for the cut end of that conversation. Yeah, for sure. It's just it's, but just if you think of it, where where would he be on the lineup? I just want to start that. Huberdeau? Would he be? Yeah, would he be on the first line, or would you would oh, you rather yeah. give the first line to Brady Kachuk and have him on the second line, or would you play Huberdeau as a center? Because I know he came into the NHL as a center. I play Huberdeau as a center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that is kind of depending on. To again, what they do at the draft and where yeah, they see sure. these players, but um, but yeah, Huberto would become their best player easily. Oh, hands down, hands down, best player. But then that would, if you use him at that first line left winger, that would definitely take off, uh, definitely uh, just uh, take off some playing time for Kachuk. So it doesn't make any sense if you lose him as a winger. No. I just don't think it makes any sense at all to even get him, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. It's, <laughs> no. the, name I, it's just the name I was, I was interested in, you know. That's it's not going to happen, but it's a name that it's, it's a fun name to talk about, you know. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, of course. Anyways, let's move on from that. Let's, let's really uh, hop into around the NHL segment. And uh, let's just go through this really quickly. So the um, I wrote the, the quote-unquote COVID playoffs happened. And uh, <laughs> honestly, I think. Before you start, I think that these playoffs were probably your hardest playoffs to win in because they were just so far away from home. They were all like basically isolated and they couldn't see their family till the conference finals. And um, it was honestly even more games played because there was the uh, round robin or the play in, depending what team you were. And you had to win lots to then set your seating and then play on from there. So it's definitely more than just 16 wins. That's that's what a normal playoffs. You have to win the you have to win sixteen games, but at this point you had to win a lot more than that. I think it's over like twenty five. You had to win at this point. But um, at the same time, like not not really because Dallas didn't win a, win a single game in the round robin, and they went to the Cup finals. So that's I mean that's true. But like if, once you're in the playoffs, whatever happens happens. But like it was definitely a harder playoffs in my eyes, at least than, than the regular ones. Yeah, it was a wild. It was a wild playoff. Um, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad a team like Tampa won, and not someone kind of funky that um, that we would all look at like uh, it only happened because of the COVID kind of thing. Yeah. Like Tampa was due to win the cup. I mean, they've been the best team in the league for the last number of years. So yeah, like Tampa has been. So I'm, happy, I'm happy they won. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even the finals, like with Dallas and Tampa, like those are both teams that are pretty much going to the playoffs, anyways. Um, yeah. So it's not like you know, it's not like it was Tampa against. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a Western Conference team like a Chicago. Uh, yeah, like well, yeah, Chicago, Chicago or some, yeah, or someone like that who you know who who kind of to play in the round robin or the play in to even get there in the first place. So yeah. I, I was okay with how it did. Like, I didn't get props to the NHL. Like when they, they said no fans or anything, I was like, oh, playoffs aren't going to be the same. But they kind of did a pretty good job at keeping it entertaining and yeah. putting on a good a good show with zero yeah. negative results. So I mean, and yeah, can't the like, there. Yeah, the NHL was the only league in the entire like. Sports, special sports industry that had no positive tests, and honestly, yeah. you have to raise your high at the NHL. So, like the NHL did an amazing job. But yeah, my the bu- one the bubble worked out great. Yeah, my one criticism though was like the crowd noises were an absolute joke. 
Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the that was the joke of the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I, they I, were a joke at the same time. Like I think I'd rather hear that than just pure silence. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I, I understand why I was there, but it was just it was so cringe. Like it would just sound weird if a team, you know, like like a team like when Tampa scored in that the the, the five overtime game, and then you know it's like oh nothing was going on. Like it would have just been weird. You know what I mean? Like it was cringy for sure, but I just feel like it kind of helped fill the void. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah the, the playoffs worked out so much better than the draft lottery. <laughs> yeah, gosh, what a down Team A winning or whatever. I hated that. Honestly, they, they should just wait till after the after the playoffs to do the draft lottery. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm glad the Rangers won it. Though I'll be honest, like the Rangers, like, I I'm okay with compared to like you know like a Pittsburgh or something like. But yeah. or the Leafs. Oh, if, if, if <laughs> no, I, won, I wouldn't believe that. I, I might just punch a hole in my TV to be completely honest with you. If Pittsburgh or Toronto won the draft lottery, I would have just not watched the NHL for a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> or even yeah. Edmonton. How many oh, first round, How many first overall picks do they need? <laughs> yeah, and right. Like, fun fact: only two of those two of those players are still on the team. Yeah, they're, they're out of all the first overall picks they've had, they've had Ryan Nugent uh, <laughs> in order. If I remember correctly, it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, um, Yakupov. Yakupov, and then <laughs> McDavid. They only have McDavid, and uh, they oh, they only have McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins left from that. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's wild. Student, <laughs> that team is the definition of poor asset management, if you ask me. Well, to, to, to be fair, Peter Shirelli is now they have a different management. So Peter Shirelli, and <laughs> made a mess of never things. know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm. I'm personally not really sold on like Ken Holland. I respect his uh, his uh, his career and all that. But in in the in the world right now, I don't think that Ken Holland is an elite general manager in the cap era. I don't know. I mean, he he did pretty well for with Detroit. So yeah, I heard it. Yeah, but he, he did that before uh, before the cap. And he, he no, they did it like 08 and 09. They went to back to back Stanley Cup finals. Like that was during the cap era, too. So it's yeah, like, but he, his core was built before the cap. Yeah, I mean, you can say about the same about Brian Murray, but we're not going to throw any slander to him. <laughs> I guess. I guess you could say that. that. That's fair. That's fair. I just, I'm not so, really, not really. Or sure David Poyle, for example, from Nashville. Like, there's a bunch of general managers that have done that, but I, I feel like, I don't know, Ken Hall, like, it's, it's it's tough to say right now because you know Edmonton, kind of in that it's kind of hard because uh, he doesn't really seem like an Edmonton kind of general manager to me. This kind of moves he normally makes, but we'll see how it works out. I guess. Well, um, oh, okay, never mind. I uh, I was just on scroll scrolling on Twitter and uh, Matt Murray's currently being linked to Chicago. Good. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that rumor, which makes sense. I heard Corey Crawford's going for agency as well. Yeah, that just it was just it was uh, tweeted out by uh by Ellis Ellis <clears throat> like twenty minutes ago. Apparently, the call didn't go anywhere, but they're still talking about it. Oh, yeah. Fair. Um, let's mention the flat cap. The cap is not raising at all because because the COVID kind of killed the economy. The the NHL can't <laughs> raise the cap. A lot of teams are looking to uh to trade out. Trade out a uh, lengthy contract that they can't afford to pay out anymore, and it's it's a big, uh, it's a big uh, uh, part of my language, but it's a big shit show. Yeah, that's where 
that's why we hear players like Sorelli and Sergachev and yeah. uh and all these players that wouldn't normally be available that uh, could potentially be available because some of these teams are in trouble. But uh, from an Ottawa perspective, this is uh, this is something that benefits them potentially. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like no better time than now kind of thing to make a move. Like, they need to get to the cap floor. Like, they, they won't spend to the cap in at least the next two years. No, no, no. So no it's like, more years. Yeah, so, I, like, I think that it, it's, it's good. It sucks for the other team. But, I mean, it's the world we live in now, so. Yeah. And um, let's move on to uh, something that really shocked. Like, I understand the decision behind it, but it's, it's still shocking. The length is buyout. The who buyout? Lundqvist. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of that coming. I mean. Yeah. Um, they have two good goalies there, two younger goalies in Gorgiev and Shersterkin. So. In like it's the right sure the... on the wall, but uh, but yeah, he's a legendary player in New York. Yeah. Like yeah. It obviously, to... like it obviously stings, but <clears throat> I feel like it was kind of a mutual thing too. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Hank has earned the respect in New York. Or like okay. Like if you didn't, if you wanted to stay here and be our third goalie, that we like, you you can, but like we can go out, buy you out, and you can go somewhere where you can be a starter, and get get a chance to win. Yeah, but I feel like it was kind of, cause yeah, cause with Shostarkin and Yor- or Georgiev, like Hanks, Hanks kind of passes, you know, like the Rangers are the Rangers are doing the same thing as us, pretty much passing the torch to the new generation, new younger generation. Um, and yeah, Hank, unfortunately, was one one of the casualties, but everybody kind of yeah. seen that coming for a while now. Yeah, while it sucks, it, it, it for sure sucks, but it is hands down the right decision to do. It just it still stinks, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. But I'm sure I'll see soon, I heard. Uh, he's linked to the Capitals right now, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, I heard, uh, I heard the Capitals. And also another thing I was, I was speculating, people were speculating about is him. If uh, the um, the Golden Knights move on from either, uh, from probably it's going to be uh, Flurry at this point, to move on from Flurry, they need new backups. You could see, you could see, uh, you could consider them bringing um, uh, 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 Lundqvist in as the not even a backup to uh, to uh, to Leonard. You could have two uh, starting caliber goalies. I mean, do you consider uh, Lundqvist still a starter caliber? Uh, probably not anymore. Um, I personally I, consider him he could still have. Yeah, for sure. I consider him like a, a thirty to forty game type of goalie now. I can I can see him as a starter on like a like an audible, for example, like someone who you oh, know kind of kind of needs a goaltender, but like a team like Vegas, yeah, he'd definitely be the backup. But I don't yeah. I don't know if Lundqvist himself considers considers himself a backup. But I also feel like if he has a good chance of winning, he'll go to like any team that promotes. Oh yeah, it, for sure. It, cup cup contending. I, there's no no person I want to see win a Stanley Cup more than Henrik Lundqvist at this point. Yeah, I don't want him to be that utter gold. I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want him to join a list of the stars that never won a cup, like Luan Gordon, Sabines, or uh, Alfredson, or uh, guys like that. You know. Yeah, I mean his career's coming to an end, so you better you better find yeah. a team that can come to the cup final soon. But yeah, when, um, it comes, when when it comes to Hank, what I think is going to happen is he's going to sign with a team like Vegas or even uh, if they do if they do trade out Flurry or even uh, a team like Washington. And I feel that presence is just going to elevate that team high up and they're going to win a cup and he's going to retire after winning that one cup in his first year. I think it's going to be a Ray Borg situation. 
what about a team like Colorado? Who I you know hands down see that because because rumors are that they're moving on from either Frank Juice or uh, or uh, Grubauer. And like they're right, like they're right there. They're right at the cusp. They just need. Right they, they just need, you know. Like I feel like Hank. I, he's not a starting goaltender anymore, but I feel like his experience and he can still steal some games. That you know, if Grubauer gets hurt, then he can come in. So yeah, you could definitely have him and Grubauer split fifty fifty. Honestly, but I also heard that Hank didn't want to move too far away from New York because his family's kind of established there and whatnot. So he, yeah. like, he's kind of at the point of his career where he, he kind of gets to choose where he wants to go. Yeah, it's and yeah. So I understand, but yeah, it's the uh, with online schooling now. I, I don't know if he has kids or not. Does he have kids? Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, if yeah, if for it comes on because I, a lot of school. I don't know if it's for. I don't know if it's elementary or high schools like this, but for college, it's online. So if his kids are doing online school, it doesn't really matter where they're doing it from, right? Yeah, but I mean, they you have, you have your friends there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, they have their friends. His wife, like like his wife probably has a job or something. I don't know what his wife does, but I mean, yeah, she might not. True. Like it's just like a, it's a big the big family family decision to move. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, yeah, like it's hands down a family decision to move when it comes to that. Uh, but I also would be surprised if he's like, okay, I have a big chance to win here. I'll go play in Colorado for a year and then come yeah, back type thing. Yeah, the family. It, it wouldn't even be a full time move. It'd be just a, a, a part time thing. And even if you live in a, an apartment for one year, it's not the end of the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know. I just know for sure whoever Hank goes to, I'll be cheering for. We're back, sir. We took another little break there just to uh, just to uh, restart recording again as uh, the recording sometimes gets funky at the 40 minutes. I've got a lot of editing to do later. But yeah, so uh, we just finished talking about the Henrik Lundqvist buyout and seeing what happens with him. Now let's move on to my next point, the Vegas Golden Knights announcing new jerseys. Yeah, the, the bold, bold. They're yeah. going bold. Going gold. I mean, it, it's fitting for Vegas. It's uh, it's a team that can certainly get away with wearing something that flashy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's um, hands down Vegas. Yeah, it, it speaks to uh, to the culture there. So um, I'm all for it. I think it's cool. Um, I know I read a few comments about um, some of the fans were hoping for a new logo associated to that jersey, but they went with their like original logo. Yeah. So. I would like um, the uh, the your secondary logo being the primary logo on that on that jersey itself. I would have been there. yeah with the red around it. I, yeah. I think it would it would look really cool. But uh, but yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. The nice thing is, my, my my question is, won't that jersey get itchy though? Because it, it's it's the uh, the felt uh, felt uh, uh, material for the entire jersey. Wouldn't that get itchy <laughs> after a while? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't really looked into much of what the jersey's made out of, but. Um, have you have you I, ever uh, had have you ever like touched the Vegas Gold Knights jersey? Uh yeah, I have. Yeah, you know the gold on the arm, like the old gold stripe, the the pattern, oh, yeah. the, the glitter. It, that's it's that pattern throughout the entire jersey. Interesting. It's a really uh, nice pattern, but it's it's gonna get itchy. That's that's my that's my comment on it. Yeah, I'm a rough, but I think if you're playing in it, you have your equipment on anyway, right? So it's just over your equipment. If you're yeah. wearing it as a fan. Then yeah, that's where you might worry about it kind of getting itchy and bothersome. Yeah, I personally don't really like the jersey. Like obviously it's flashy, but it's Vegas. But I, I just way too much yellow for me. I understand, <laughs> okay. I understand that. I, understand I mean, that. I do. Like, and I, I, I get it. Like, you know, like more income and whatnot. But the team just came in like four years. Like, 
You really need a third jersey already? <laughs> I mean, I like I like the multiple jerseys. I, I I personally like the jersey. I think it's nice and extra. I don't think they're gonna wear it often. I think it's one thing they wear like on certain events, but it all depends, you know. Yeah, I guess it's if they wear it at certain events, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I I just don't like it. Like when I first seen it, it just. But again, I was the same way with the baggage jerseys when they were first revealed, and now I love the baggage jerseys. So it might just be a time time thing where you know once I see them in it and be playing a little bit, it might warm up to them, but. Yeah, like I, at first, I didn't like. Uh, I didn't really like the, the the original jersey when they first released it, but it definitely grew on me. So I think it's gonna be another situation for a lot of people. Yeah, Sam. Like at first, I did not like the Golden Knights game at all. I thought it was too weird. I thought it was ridiculous. I, I thought the jerseys were ridiculous too. But if now I consider it to be one of the nicest jerseys in all of professional sports. Oh boy, that's, that's just me though. That's, that's a big compliment. That's just me, though. I, 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 could, I could completely be talking out of my rear end here, but that's just my opinion. I, I mean, everybody, everybody has the right to their own opinion. So yeah, exactly. Carving your oh, forage. Yeah. Like, I, I, I understand not a lot of people are going to agree. Like, people are not going to agree with me, but that's the beauty of opinions. You don't have to agree. <laughs> you know? Unless uh, your opinion's wrong, then, you know, then you kind of agree. Right. Yeah. While, while you might not agree with me, my opinion isn't wrong because it's my opinion, you know? <laughs> Yeah, from a marketing perspective, guys, it's been one of the best sellers. So, yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything to make more money, like it's towards the business at the end of the day, right? So, yep, yeah. All right, now let's move on to the awards. So, I have a list here of the awards, I'm going to list them and I'll let you guys discuss. So, the heart, <laughs> dry saddle won it, Lady Bingy was Nate McKinnon. Caller was just go one at a time so that way we can discuss it because I don't know if I remember all of them to be honest. Sounds good. So, a heart was dry sidle. How do you guys feel about that? Um, yeah, dry sidles, you know, obviously had an amazing season productively, offensively. Um, it has been debated that dry sidle isn't necessarily the best player defensively or the most committed to defense in his own zone. Um, so it's, it's one of those, you know, awards that. <laughs> that people can debate, but, um, but he's certainly, he was up there with, you know, the best players in the league this year. So, um, so not a bad choice. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I believe that what the definition of the heart is most valuable to your, to, to, to the team, right. At the end of the, like, that's the, or not the, yeah, that's the most, that's the definition of the heart technically. So although people could say McDavid or McKinnon, um, I believe like I'm okay with the dry saddle pick because I do think he's probably more valuable to Edmonton when, you know, McDavid went down or, you know, wasn't having his best game. He had drive titles sticking up and I don't know. I, I'm okay with any, any anybody who won that, that award, to be honest. It's kind of hard to argue any of those. This is where I'm going to disagree with you guys. While Drysaddle was elite, he was one of the best players on the ice in this entire year. I don't consider him MVP, MVP, MVP material as I don't consider McDavid MVP material this year. While they are elite players in their own right, neither of them was neither of them was the MVP. I think the MVP is a person who stands out from the rest of their team, like how Taylor Hall the other year won it. He definitely deserved it that year. Just like how I think Nate McKinnon should have, I personally think Nate McKinnon should have deserved the got this year because he was their team's MVP. This but year, at the same MVP, time. You could argue with McKinnon that he had a better surrounding core. Like he had Ranton oh, with them, Gabriel Landeskog, or Edmonton. It was just Drysdale and McDavid that pretty much did everything. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm just throwing out a name. Like I don't think I don't think any of them should have won it. But like I think uh, uh, I got to see the nominees here. Uh, I think a guy who 
could have definitely like honestly, I think that Roman Yossi or Connor Helbig should have won it. Just looking at just looking at all the more names here, because uh, Helbig was 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 Winnipeg's MVP. Roman Yossi was Nationals MVP. John Carlson arguably was Washington's MVP. You know, Leon Carlson was arguably Edmonton's MVP. <laughs> I, when when you have when you have two players of that caliber like Leon Draisaitl and uh, Carmen David, I don't think either of them are the MVP. They're both extremely valuable to the team. They they are the best player on the team. But once you have both on the same team, you can't consider either of them MVP for that team. And for the yeah. Hart Trophy, it is the league. It, it is so uh, the uh, the the Arrod tro- Trophy. Sorry, not the Ar- the Hart Trophy is the. The, the the NHL's MVP to their team and if Dressel when he has to be considered at least the MVP of Edmonton and in my opinion he wasn't yeah uh, my opinion on it is that he just wasn't good he didn't have a, a positive defensive impact yeah that, so that's his, yeah talking about an MVP you got to have an all-around game yeah. um so so that isn't necessarily uh Leon Dreisaitl that's that's the only kind of debate or argument I have um from from that perspective, who were who the nominees for that? I believe it was McKinnon, uh, Drysital. The fine, the fi- the finalists were Nathan McKinnon, uh, Leon Drysital, and Pasternak. And See, Carmen I, came in fourth. It's it's tough because I, I don't I don't watch McKinnon or Pasternak enough to know, but I don't know if they would really be considered MVPs either because they, like they can score a lot. I don't know how long good the defensive games are either. Yeah. To be honest. While I'm not, I am not hating on Drysaddle at all. Drysaddle is an amazing player, one of the best in the NHL. I player, maybe you consider him top five in the NHL. But when you have two guys finishing in the top five votes for the Hart Trophy, you can't say either of them are a team's MVP. Like Connor McDavid finished fourth, and then Drysaddle finished first. Like you can't consider if 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 two players on the same team are considered MVP for the NHL, that's not okay. Then instead of being around the bush, out of those three, who do you think should have won it? Out of those three. It can't be David Pasternak because he's part of the best line in all of hockey. It can't be Drysdale. None of them should have won it because they're they're like. <laughs> well, they were the three nominees, so technically one of them would have to win. <laughs> they're, they're the three <laughs> That's the question. Yeah, the thing is, it's they they weren't the three nominees. They were three finalists. The, the yeah. voting totals. The voting totals yeah. were Leon Drysdale. There were Nathan McKinnon. There were David Pasternak. There was Connor McDavid. There was Panarin. There was Ro- Yossi. There was yes. uh, Kucherov. I'm just going based on the finalists. If you had to vote between those three, who would you pick? That's the question. Yeah, for to... me, it's it's McKinnon. Hands yeah, it'd be, it'd be McKinnon for me too as well, to be honest. But... Out of those three. Simply based on, like, sure, he, he has that surrounding core. But out of those three, I think he has the most he has the most impact of those three that were mentioned. Like the, the Pasternak. Um, the McKinnon and the Drysaddle are all hands down amazing players. Not none of them should have won it, but out of those three, I would have taken McKinnon. Okay, but all next. The... next. <laughs> okay, next. Show, <laughs> You're rambling on about the... Well, I don't know if we this guy. I don't know if we this guy all times. So the next, <laughs> the Lady Bing Trophy, which is awarded to the uh, player a judge. Who have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. So basically, it's an elite player who also had uh, 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 good, uh, uh, good gentlemanly like skills. So the I mean, least amount of penalty minutes is, is I guess, a way to uh, consider a winner. Anyways, McKinnon won it, and I, I'm not going to really comment on this trophy because I don't really under, personally I don't really understand this trophy. Like I, I get why it's given out, but I don't really understand. The debate for this trophy, but McKinnon won it. 
Who are the finalists? Uh, let me see. Let's, just agree on one, let's just agree on one thing, guys. Brady Kachuk is never going to win this trophy. Oh, yeah, oh, seriously. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. That's fair. Uh, I gotta find it. I gotta find it here. Um, okay, so the finalists were Nathan McK- uh, No, that's not right. What? Ah, I have it wrong then. It wasn't Nathan McKinnon. Who was it? The, the oh, it was yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I had brain fart there. The finalists were Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly. Who? Ryan O'Reilly, McKinnon, and Matthews. I mean, I don't think he could like this. This this is my one. Uh, I know this is off off ice uh, scenarios, but given the off season that Matthews had and the allegations thrown against him, I don't think you consider him for a gentlemanly award that same no, season. You guys remember when he checked the back of uh, Scotty Sabrin's jersey? That like, yeah, that was hilarious. Opposite that was not of gentlemanly at all. Like, I don't understand how you can consider Austin Matthews. A this year, at least, I, I think it's just because he, has, he, didn't, he didn't have a lot of penalty minutes. I agree. I agree with you. Though I can read both completely. Like he did be nominated, but uh, we're we're gonna get a lot of hate in the comments for this. But um, so we're definitely gonna uh, have a lot of people disagree with us. But like he had, uh, uh, he assessed. He was only assessed four mile penalties. Yeah, so, so that's what I mean. That's why he was nominated. So I completely understand. I understand why. Like. Stats wise, why he was nominated, but he was not a gentlemanly player, in my opinion. Like he, he was rude. Like he was, he was rude to Scott Sabrin, for example. That one situation. That's the first thing that comes to mind this year. Is that, and given what happened off off ice this year, based on that, you can't consider him for that this year, at least. Maybe next year or later on, but this year you can't consider him for that, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I'm, he also had a few of those goal celebrations, like where. Yeah. He was kind of taunting the other team, skating by the bench, like yeah, for sure. And as as he would, like he has every right to do that. But like he, for a player who does that, you can't consider him gentlemanly at all. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess like Ryan O'Reilly and McKinnon are fine. I'm okay with McKinnon winning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as long as Matthews is winning, that's fine to me. Now this one's going to spark some debate: the Calder Trophy. Kale McCarr yeah. won it. And let's see the nominees here. Uh, I, believe I believe it was Quinn Hughes and Dominic Kubelik, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Let's see here. Yeah, yeah it was Dominic Kubelik and Quinn Hughes. Honestly, I would have gone with Adam McCarr or Quinn Hughes. In my opinion, Kill McCarr had more of an impact on his team than Quinn Hughes did. Quinn Hughes, like, was... was I don't know, uh, man. You watch the playoffs? <laughs> no, for sure. Quinn Hughes was was hands down one of, one of Vancouver's players. Best players. Sorry, not players, but best players. But, like... Um, Caleb McCarr, in my opinion, just had that one step above Quinn Hughes, in my opinion. Yeah, take uh, take McCarr, take Hughes, put the two names in a hat and pick one. Yeah, basically, they were that's both, basically it. No, they were both equally incredible. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I, you're like, I'm not going to say like Kublik belongs on the same conversation, but I do think he's probably okay with the third third because he yeah. did have a wicked season, but – it was ultimately down to Hughes and McCarr. They had to find somebody else to plug in there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, you, you you couldn't go wrong with either Quinn Hughes or McCarr. Either one would have been fine. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, it's same thing. If you look a couple of years ago with uh between it's not the same thing, but it's a similar situation between um uh, Besser and uh, Barzal. They both had ridiculously good seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, Barzal won because uh, because uh, um. Uh, Besser could finish the season because of an injury. So I understand why Barzal won. But if they, they both played a healthy season, 
same thing. It was a uh, it was a uh, like a hot like you drop in the hot in, the, in that situation there, and um, yeah, that's my opinion on that. Next, so the Selkie Trophy, the number the nominees. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the winner was um, Sean Couturier, and the uh, um, who are the the oh. finalists were. It's loading here. Finalists were Patrice Bergeron, Sean Couturier, and Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, and where the heck is Mark Stone? I mean, guys. <laughs> oh, you got to consider Mark Stone. Like, it's, it's Mark Stone has been robbed of this for years. That's yeah. that's the only kind of hot take I'll have today. But Mark Stone should win a Selkie. Like, remember oh, when dominated Dow- for one? <laughs> he's gonna win. I know. Win I know. Point. It's ridiculous. Remember when Dowdy won the Norris based on like nothing? Yeah, oh, fun fact. Like, it was his time. It was his time to win one. That's why. When is Mark Stone's time to win this trophy? I mean, yeah. he's he led the league in takeaways every year. He's one of the best defensive players he every is year. Best. Yeah, I, I think he was rated like what? Like, I, think, I think I seen the voting for. I think he was like sixth or seventh on the voting. I'm like, if he wasn't fourth, like, come on. Like, the only like, reason why he hasn't won yet is because he's not a center. That's my opinion. Like, yeah, I mean, you're, usually you're probably not wrong. Centers, yeah. Centers are usually yeah. considered more uh, more elite in this type of in this type of scenario, but I think that hands down this year it should have been Mark Stone. It's going to be Mark Stone at some point, but like I'm not I'm not upset with Couture winning. These three finalists all hands down deserve it. I'm not upset by either one of these, but come on, you gotta have Mark Stone win one, you know? Yeah, that's where I lie too on that. Yeah, that's pretty much my opinion as well. I mean, I'm okay with either of those three, but I'd rather see Mark Stone with one of those three than him being down the list a bit further, but. Sorry, guys, about that. We kind of lost connection there. And uh, we are back with the Vezina Trophy. And the winner this year was Connor Hellebuk. And the finalists were Andre Vasilevsky and Tukarask. So what do you guys feel? Yeah, um, I'm good with the Hellebuck um, win there. I think his numbers were outstanding this season. Um, I think, what did he have? Uh, 922. Yeah, save percentage. Yeah, nine twenty-two save percentage and uh, two fifty-seven goals against. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, so, he, yeah, on a Winnipeg team that was significantly weaker defensively, I think that's uh, pretty outstanding. Hard to argue there. Yeah, he hands down deserved it. Like it's all, all these three goalies, you can't really go wrong with Vasilevsky, Helbuk, Tukaras. You can't really go wrong, in my opinion. Those three are the top three goaltenders in the NHL. Well, I mean. They're in, they're in the top five. I don't know necessarily what rank they are, but they're definitely in the top five. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any issue with any of that. To be honest. I don't really have an issue with Hellebuck winning, so it's that one's pretty simple. Uh, next trophy, uh, the Ted Lindsay Award. That was won by uh, um, um, Landry Settle. I think, Lindsay... I think it's one of the standing player or something. Yeah, or my player. Standing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean... I mean, I can't really argue with this one because the players voted on it. So whoever they think was most outstanding, I guess, deserved it, right? So, yeah, he was hands down like Leon Draisaitl was the best player this year. While I don't think he was the MVP, he was the best player. Let's yeah. see if I can find the uh, um, finalists. Let's see. Uh, there you go. Uh, the finalists were Drysdale, McKinnon, and Panarin. You can't you can't really go wrong with either of these three players this year, but I think Drysdale deserved it this year. 
Any uh, consensus on that or any debate? No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got no issues. How about you, Derek? Oh. I think he's having a little connection issue there, so we'll move on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely dry saddle of Nick McKinnon Pernier, and you can't really go wrong. It's another drawn the hat, I guess, type situation, but I am glad dry saddle won it. And uh, next trophy was the Messi awardee. They get some leadership. Yeah. Mark Giordano, Giordano won it. I don't, I don't really. There's not. There's no real way to uh, to really uh, debate about this as fans. We don't see what happens in the locker rooms and all that. Yeah, exactly. Or behind the scenes or anything like that. So can't really argue with this one at all. Hey, did you lose connection there, Derek? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, all right. Um, so, yeah, uh, the – if I can find it, I can't really see. No, it's, it's the Ted Lindsay Award, which went to Dreisaitl, and we just talked about the Messi Award, which went to Giordano. I'm trying to find a list of the um, the nominees here. The finalists were uh, – wow, I can't find it. I, the, I, I, the... I don't think they have a like finalist for the Messi Award. I think they just announced at the award. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, that's true. I'm not too sure about that one. So, yeah, I like, don't really have much to say about that one. The King Clancy Award, that one goes to Matt Dumba. I I personally, like, off the top of my head, I'm not too sure what the King Clancy is. Uh, so, I will look it it's up. Like, it's like outstanding leadership in the community or something like that. Best and. Uh, NHL player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you lose connection there again? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. sorry. It's all right. It happens. It happens. Where were we? All right. That's what I'm... So, the nominees were P.K. Su- uh, Subban and Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, I mean, again, that's not really one, that's not really, that's not really one we can really argue with because we don't really know what happens inside the community is off the ice. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I think Matt Dumma deserved it, though, with what he did this year in the playoffs, talking about the stigma of the Black Lives Matter movement. He definitely like, he definitely earned it this year. Yeah, I think, I think that the board was given up before the playoffs, but I, I agree. Like, I don't really see it. Yeah, that's true. I don't really see it. Like, I don't I, I, really see any argument, any point in arguing that one since we don't want to see everything that happens. Yeah. Next one is the Jack Adams Trophy. It was won by Bruce Cassidy of the the uh, the um, Boston Bruins, and the nominees were Cassidy, Alain Vigneault, and John Tortorella. Yeah, what do you guys think on this? I think Cassidy, like Boston, was the best team at the end of the regular season. So I mean, you can't, really, you can't really argue with that one at all, to be honest. But at the same time, I feel like they, the like the award is usually given to coaches who just uh, who who come into their team the first uh, to uh, come into their 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 team for the first uh, first time. Like for example, Doran was uh, Dor- like if you look at the uh, the GM of the year, Doran Dorian was, was was nominated his first year in Ottawa. Just like how uh, uh, just like how um, uh, a guy like um, Paul McLean. Yeah, Paul McLean. Yeah, uh, when it was nominated his first year in Ottawa too, it's it's in this type of situation where um, it's usually given to the guy who comes into uh, to a team and brings in the most impact. And in my opinion, this year that was Alan Vigneault because this wasn't this his first year in Philadelphia. Uh, no, I think it was his second year. 
first or second year, one of the two. But yeah, he definitely uh, brought a lot to the table this year. All those three guys, John Torrell. I don't like John Torrell at all, at all, but like I respect his accomplishments. You just don't like him because he calls out the media. That's why I don't like him. It's it's I don't like his his uh he's not very he's not a professional guy in my opinion. He's not very respectable towards anybody, and that's why I don't like him. I mean, but that's a conversation. The media kind of gets him fired up, but we're not gonna get into an argument about Torrell. <laughs> for sure like i appreciate the, his, his passion for the game and all that but that, as a head coach for a hockey team you are essentially a, a brand ambassador for your team and you're just blowing off the media, media basically telling them to go screw themselves that's not very that's not a good way to re- represent your brand i'm not, I'm not going to argue with anything but i i think it's, I, th- I think it's fine like there's so many times where media asks the stupidest questions and you're just like nah like, why for sure. like, you like talk about yeah, that. for sure i agree I agree that some questions are really stupid, but there's different there's different ways of approaching and saying, you know what, I'm just not gonna answer this. To him just walking out of the room like he does. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, in my opinion, seven to one. I mean, he's like, um, and me, me, a guy's like, why'd you lose? Like, you're gonna be pissed off and just walk away. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would do. I'd just be like, all right, see you later. You know why we lost? We, we feel like shit. See you later. Bye. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 um it's a um. Yeah. It's anyways. We're not gonna we're not gonna debate about John Tortorella. This is Jack Adams. Over. Yeah. That's, that's for another. That's for another trophy. That's that's for another. That's for another episode. So now let's talk about the Norris Trophy. Uh, Roman Yossi won it, and honestly, without even looking at the nominees, I think he hands down deserved it this year. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. All the argument. All the argument. I was Carlson, but I know Carlson got hurt halfway through the season. So. No, I understand that. I think the uh, the nominees for this year were Roman Yossi, John Carlson, and Victor Hedman. You can't really go wrong with either of these guys. These guys are probably a top three defensemen in the NHL right now. And and that's exactly how I feel. It's it's it was well awarded. Roman Yossi just it blew it. Like he's always been one of the better defensemen in the NHL, but this past couple of years, he hands down established himself as the best for now at least. This year, he was the best. But yeah, he. That's my opinion on that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with everything. With everything. Well, well. Now let's go to the Bill Masterson Trophy. This, uh, if I remember correctly, goes out to every every NHL team uh, uh, nominates one player, and the Senators nominated Bra- uh, Bobby Ryan this year. And that trophy goes to the player who exemplifies most uh, um, most uh, uh, perseverance and uh, dedication towards hockey. And if I remember correctly, the three finalists were Bobby Ryan, Stephen Johns, and uh, Oscar Lindblom. Yeah, Lindblom. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, sorry, I completely blanked there. But all three of those guys for sure deserved it. I'm gonna give a quick, a uh, little, little bit of an explanation to those three guys, if I remember off the top of my head. Stephen Johns has been dealing with uh, a bunch of post concussion uh, 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 symptoms, and he's been dealt with. He's dealt with a lot of um, depression because of it, and he's been able to overcome it this year. And he was one of Dallas's most important players this postseason, and. Um, Bobby Ryan was uh, has been facing alcoholism for probably years, and he was finally able to shake that this year with the help he was served, received from the NHL. Uh, um, um, uh, what's the name of the program? The, the program, the, the the NHL program. It's uh, that the uh, that he entered, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. And then um, Lynn, 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 is it Lindholm or Lindblom? I can't remember. I think it's Lynn. I think it's Lindholm. Lindholm. Yeah, yeah, Lynn. It's Lindblom, yeah, it's Lindblom. Sorry, I completely blanked there. Um, but yeah, uh, Lindblom um, uh, uh, over overcame is it, uh, sort of cancer. I can't remember which one. Bone it was, cancer. He, uh, he, that's it. Yeah, it was bone cancer, and he uh, 
he was able to uh, to overcome that and um, and um, he did, did he play a game this year or did he just participate in warm ups? He came back. Well, he in came the back, back in the playoffs. Yeah, it was one. It was it was the last game or second last game he came back, but he was really fighting towards coming back. And like you got to give, you got to raise your hat to that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, no that's, my, that's my issue. That's my only issue with this trophy is I don't think any of the like, really deserves to win it. Like, you don't, like, it's kind of saying, oh, this that person takes a tougher challenge than you did, and here's an award for doing yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I understand that the intent towards a trophy, I completely do. But the thing is, like you mentioned, it's sort of comparing people's struggles, and that's not the point of it. In my opinion, you should be celebrating someone overcoming what what they went through. And at this point, awarding someone who basically dealt with more drama than some other person. I don't think that's the right mindset to have. I think while I understand the point behind the trophy, the trophy sort of defeats its own purpose, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All, 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 were, all, all were, were very, 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 very And while I while I'm while I'm happy Bobby Ryan did win it, it's it's not really something you really really debate the winner, you know? Yeah, I mean, every, like everybody, everybody overcame their own struggles, and they all—I think that they all deserve it. Like, I—I I know why the NHL does it. It's kind of bring—it's kind of to like bring awareness to those and be like, "Hey, congratulations, you fought through this. Here you go. Like, we're gonna recognize yeah, you for it." Sure. But then, like, how do you feel if you're Stephen Johns or you know Oscar Lindblom? I mean, you, you know, you fought through all this, and it's like, "Oh, well, I didn't win the award." Like, I don't think it matters too much, but I—I I, I just don't think it's—I think it's just weird that you give an award out for overcoming a like specific challenges. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Anyways, let's go on to the next, uh, next award. The GM of the Year Award. This one is where the one I disagree with the most. The winner was Lou Lamariello with New York Islanders. The uh, the uh, nominees were Julian Breesbrot and Jim Neal. Who? Here's Julian Breesbrot who? And Jim, Julian Breesbrot, uh, Lamariello, and Jim Neal from Dallas. Okay. So in my opinion, I don't think that Lamarillo deserved it at all this year. Like I'm not knocking the guy at all, but like he didn't do too much this year. He brought in uh, Derek Broussard. He brought in. Brought in Pajot. Um, he signed Varlamov. He signed, he signed Varlamov, but like I, other than that, he really didn't really do much. Just same thing. Same thing with Breezeball. As much as I love the Tampa Bay Lightning and Breezeball and all that, I don't think Breezeball really deserved it. Nominee either. He inherited the team this year. Inherited the team. It's like you can say anything about Jim Nill. He hasn't done. Like, he's built a team for four years now. Like he didn't do anything this year. See, the thing is, Jim Nill. He's been a GM more than just this this year, though. He he's built towards this, and then yeah. And I I feel out of these three, I can understand why Bruce Ball would have won it. He brought in Kevin Shattenkirk, Luke Shen, Pat Maroon. He's able to keep like Coleman Vasilevsky this year. Like he 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 brought in key guys. So out of these three guys, I think Bruce Bosch should run it, but not none of these guys should. Run I mean, it. I think Lamorello deserves it fine to me, but I can understand why you feel that. But I personally yeah, I disagree. That's fine. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I mean, I I didn't think Lamorello did. Yeah, like I, I, the others did well. I didn't think they were going to do well at all. Like I thought they were going to be near the bottom and all that yeah, stuff like that. Did. And they managed to. Like, you could argue the same thing with Dorian when he won the award. Like, he came in, inherited the brought to the Brian Murray game, and he made, yeah, he made two sure. moves, and he ended up winning the trophy, so. Yeah, for sure. No, he, he, he didn't win the trophy. He was nominated. That year, it was uh, David Pulis. Oh, well, still. <laughs> yeah, but he was still nominated. But I get what you mean. Like, I, I, I don't really understand the point behind – I don't really understand how they award this trophy, but I understand the point. In the program, yeah. You know? 
So that's just for me. Anyways, that's it for the awards. All right, so we had to take a little bit of a break there because technical issues once again. Internet sometimes always is not our friends. Technology itself is not always our friend, but we thought we can make it work. Anyways, um, so that's the end of basically the contact for today, except I want to pass the floor a bit to Derek now and give us talk just a little bit more about himself. Tell us where, uh, where he started cheering for hockey, why he started cheering for hockey, and all that. So go ahead, floor yours. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so uh, it all started for me um, as a Sense fan. I was around seven or eight years old. Uh, my dad and I, um, as well as my best friend, were taking in uh, a Battle of Ontario game. I think it was in 97. Um, uh, Leafs versus Sens. And on one side of me, I have my dad, who's a diehard Leaf fan. On the other side, I have my best friend at the time, who was a diehard Sens fan. And... Uh, I want to say the game was tied in the intermission one-to-one. And at that point, I decided that was it for me. I wanted to join my friends um, and not be the only Leaf fan among my friends. So I switched my Matt Sundin jersey out for a Daniel Alfredson jersey. And Ottawa went on to win the game. So it was fate. Um, It was three-to-one, I think, the final. Um, And that's how I became a Sense fan. Do you remember, uh, do you remember, um, um, uh, do you remember, uh, um, uh, wow, I had a question, but I completely lost there. <laughs> no worries. Wow. Uh, did, how did the Sens do that? Do you remember how the Sens did that year overall? Oh, geez. Um, they, they weren't, uh, quite at their peak of success yet in 97, um, I don't think they had, they didn't have Spezza yet. They didn't no, have. No, because Spezza was in 2001. They was drafted. Yeah, I want to say like they had a core of like Van Allen, McEachern. They, they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't necessarily the, the best in the league at that time. Oh. Um, but they were starting to definitely get better from where they were. Fair enough. Can't be worse than their first season. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, that's, a, that's, that's a nice story. You definitely chose the, the better team there. I, uh, I can appreciate I, that. <laughs> I, I do agree. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you don't regret your choice at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely happy with the choice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Nice. That's, that's like one of my favorite story of someone becoming a Sense fan now. Just in mid-game, just swapping being a Leafs fan to a Sense game. It's fantastic. That was pretty sick. Another yeah, question the... is, um... yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say the hardest part was convincing my dad to buy me a Sens jersey from the... <laughs> I, can just, <laughs> I, can, I can just imagine the torture you had to go through and do that. Yeah, he wasn't too happy at the time. But... How did you manage to uh, to convince him? Uh, I think he felt bad for me. I was the only Leaf fan among my friends, and you know I was always getting chirped for that. So, um, so I think... I think... I mean, I was young at the time, but I think he kind of felt bad, and he's like, yeah, you can pick your team. Nice. Uh, hats off to your dad though for letting you uh, change team. Uh, hats off to your dad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the next question is: uh, I know you write for Sense Shop. Can you can you explain how you started in the uh, hockey writing world? Yeah, it wasn't too long ago actually. Um, so professionally, I'm a therapist, um, and recently during COVID, I was laid off. So um, just a, a temporary layoff during the summer. Um, and I was kind of interacting a little bit more with people on Twitter. 
Um, and someone presented me with the opportunity to uh, go on and kind of voice my opinion uh, to write for SendShot. Um, I think it's a good way to start out for, you know, people like myself who are a little bit older and it's just a hobby or for younger people um, who are actually serious about getting into that business, uh, wanting to start out. So, uh, so I jumped on board and, and they were really great. Um, definitely yeah, helping. Pretty good. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's just a lot of good content there. Um, and the guys there are great. Uh, they help me with, you know, the technical side of things that I struggle with um, quite a bit. Uh, and it's just a hobby for me. Um, I love interacting with people on Twitter. So um, it was kind of the perfect fit. So that's how I started there. And now we're working on, uh, me and a group of guys are working on something a little bit different called New Era Sends. Um, we're going to have all kinds of different content from... Oh, that's that's you? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Followed, I followed the Twitter account this morning. Yeah, awesome. Was. Yeah, that's so I'll be, I'll be writing for them as well. Um, it's just a small group of guys right now, but we'll have podcasts and send me your details uh, later for that. Yeah, for sure. We'll do. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how I got started into it. It really wasn't that long ago. That's sick. Who, do you remember who, uh, who, uh, who invited you in? Uh, yeah, for, uh, Sendshot. Was it Naftali? Yeah. 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 Naftali is a friend of mine. Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah. He, he was, he was the guy who invited me into it too as well. He's, he did, he did a good job running that site when he ran the site. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he's actually one of the guys with uh, the new, the new group as well. Oh, yeah. With new group. Cool. Yeah. I'd like to jump, I'd like to jump on board of that, but yeah, we'll talk about that some, uh, at a later time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got props for being a write. I can't write if my life depended on me on it. That's why I, that's, <laughs> that's why I just talk on podcasts and make YouTube videos. I cannot write yeah. at all. Yeah. Writing, yeah. writing uh, is is challenging in a way, but it's also really relaxing too. Yeah, I exactly. Like writing writing's fun. I feel like everyone has their thing. Like for me, honestly, I'm less comfortable doing this kind of thing than writing. Um, but I'm so used to writing. I mean, at work, I'm I'm typing all day. So, yeah. um, you know, for me to type out a, an article about something I really enjoy is is pretty fun and easy. And and then you get to interact with people. Um, you know, after that, so yeah, the the, the most writing I ever do in not in like sports and stuff is write write my scouting report for players. That's probably the most writing I do, but <laughs> I can't do I can't do for yeah. full articles. But yeah, um, I, I just wanted to thank you too, uh, Derek, because you, you you mentioned that this is uh, coming out of your comfort zone. I really appreciate you taking the time to to come to my podcast on, on the podcast today. It's really appreciated. I love having having great hockey minds come on and it's, it's, it's a great experience. Hey, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Alex. I really enjoyed my time with you guys today. It was great. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. I do, uh, I do like having guests on kind of, you know, change, have a different thought process and whatnot and kind of get different point of views from different people. Yeah. Anytime you want to come back on Derek, let us know. Anyways, let's take a few minutes now to plug our, uh, our social media and what we're doing now. And Derek, you go first. Yes. Goes first. Yeah, so uh, so for social media, for Twitter, it's uh, dlee, um, at dlee075. Um, you can also follow along on SendShot, and as I just mentioned, New Era Sends, which is uh, in the works, but coming really soon. Go ahead, Alex, now your turn. Uh, you can follow me at alexlanglaw15 uh, on Twitter, or at SacrificeHidden, that's my uh, YouTube uh, Twitter. I uh, make YouTube videos 
so- uh, my YouTube channel is Hidden Sacrifice. I have a mock, like my top 10 r- rankings for the draft is coming out uh, tomorrow. Um, I also make video, like video, like videos about video games, but right now it's mostly just sports. So if you want to give me a follow there. Once we hit a hundred subs on our YouTube channel, I'll be giving away a jersey. So nice, nice. So that's that's it for you guys. I'm gonna um, take a couple seconds here. Uh, as you know, I'm my Twitter is at Jacob Lerevere. Uh Twitter doesn't really let me use my full name for whatever reason. I'm also a writer for Sunshot. I don't contribute as much lately, but I do write for Sunshot. I uh, with Derek. I am also a contributor and editor for uh, Overtime Heroics, and I also have my own little project on the boots right now. Um, I'm currently working on starting up a, a, a hockey blog website called The Scoreboard. So if you want to uh, follow that, I will link the the the, 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 the Twitter in the description. And um, we're looking for writers, so if you're interested, let me know. That's it for us. Uh, thanks again for uh, for joining us on this season two debut of Talking Some Sends. I will look into if I can do a live episode during a draft, but I can't promise anything. It all depends on the technology. I'll look into what I can do. And that's it from me. Um, that's it from all of us. Anything anything else you guys want to say? No, that's it. Yeah, Take care. We're good. Take care. All right. That's it from us. And have, 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 yourselves, have yourselves a wonderful day. Enjoy the draft.